down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome everyone, this is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Recently, a group of us from the Alliance and many other organizations went to Tallahassee to speak in favor of Governor DeSantis's proposal to end Medicaid, supplemental income for transgender surgery in our children. Folks, nothing is more important to me as a former teacher than protecting our children. And we are not doing a good job of that when we allow things like this to happen in school. The other important thing that was going on in school is after listening to some of the people testify, as a former teacher, I'm realizing that they have no biology background, they have no hygiene background. And if you think that a person can be one sex one day, one gender one day, and then the next day change into another gender. That's impossible. If you feel that a baby in the womb is not life, that's impossible. What are we teaching our children? This is a travesty. And we are blessed today to have a wonderful woman who has been fighting this fight ever since I remember. And unfortunately, that's a long time, but a wonderful fight, a wonderful woman, Dr. Alveda King. Dr. King is the chairman of the Center for American Dream at the America First Policy Institute. She's been a political civil rights activist for as long as I have ever met Dr. King. And I did meet Dr. King on several occasions when we were fighting about uh, abortion then and Nothing has changed except we have made a lot of good headway. She's also a Christian evangelist, a pro-life advocate, Fox News contributor, and a host on Alveda King's house on Fox Nation and a form of uh, Georgia legislature. I don't know how you fit it all in, Dr. King. You are an amazing woman. And then you also take out time to write incredible articles. So thank you so much for joining me today. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Karen, it's wonderful to join you. And uh, I'm just so glad to be a part of this particular interview to answer questions and to just connect with listeners who uh, just need to be encouraged. 
I think that's really what it is. They need to be encouraged because deep down, I think they know what's right and what's wrong. And I believe that even though they claim that they don't believe in God, when the time comes, they believe in God. So mm-hmm. all of this is is very sad because I look at our youth, I look at our children, and what we're doing to them by giving them such misinformation is horrific. You made an incredible statement that I wanted to talk about, if you don't mind, and that is I'm pulling this from your article. This is why any true discussion about civil rights in America today must center around abortion. I thought that was an incredible statement. And would you explain what you mean by that? Well, many years ago, Karen, I had abortions when I was a young woman in my 20s. I actually had two in a miscarriage that was due to harm done from those abortions. I had joined what was what I called the rabid feminist movement. Angry women who feel the best way they could serve themselves is to abort babies if it's inconvenient for whatever reason. And so I don't mean to put it that way. I don't want anybody to feel bad because actually I had abortions. So I'm not judging anybody, but that's just where I was at the time. So uh, in 1950, my grandfather, my mom was pregnant with me. Abortion was illegal in 1950 in America. However, DNC's procedures of explore, exploration into the womb of a woman were illegal. And you would go to the doctor, my stomach hurts. I don't know why. Well, let's see. And that was the end of it. And they did a DNC and removed everything in the womb. So that's what my mom wanted to do because she wanted to finish college. And my grandfather, Martin Luther King Sr. said, no. We can't do that. That's an abortion. That's not a lump of flesh. And that's my granddaughter. I saw her in a dream three years ago. She has bright skin and bright red hair, and she's going to bless many people. I call that a prophetic ultrasound. So my <laughs> parents were married, had five children, then moved forward into the 1960s and 70s after my uncle Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. My father, his brother, Reverend A.D. King, was killed the next year. And uh, right after I got married, by the way. So then I joined the rabbit feminist movement, had a birth a birth of a child by forceps and then two abortions and miscarriage. However, right around 1983, and I had been a, an actress and a state legislator and a wealthy woman married to a wealthy doctor, all this. And um, 1983, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior somewhere 83, 84, around then. And so at that time, I began to repent. I repented of my sins. And my eyes were open. And I realized that the baby in the womb was a human being. I understood the science. Science did say that. The Bible, definitely, God said, choose life. So I repented of all my sins, including those abortions, and I had a new viewpoint. So I was a college professor for the next 19 years after that. And I began to say, a woman has a right to choose what she does with her body. The baby's not her body. Where's the lawyer for the baby? How can the dream survive if we murder our children? So as a civil rights issue, as a spiritual issue under God Almighty, abortion is ending the life of an innocent person. And God hates the shedding of innocent blood by law. It should be. There's nothing in the United States Constitution that says it's okay to kill innocent people. You can protect yourself. Self-defense is in there. And some people can twist abortion. Oh, it's self-defense. It's either you or me. No, no, no. That's an innocent person. So to, to just put it that way, the civil rights 
there has to be an answer to serve women, to serve mothers, to serve fathers, and to serve babies without killing the babies. And so that's where the civil rights issue comes in. This, and the sad part is that there are so many people that want to have children that would be willing to adopt these children. Yes, it is a burden for nine months, but unfortunately, uh, growing up as I did, contraception was readily available for anyone. I could never understand why there was such a massive push for abortion when we could have taught the right either abstain or use contraception. We don't well, have to get to that spot. Well, abstaining is also contraception. Abstinence really is the best contraception. And then we've got natural family planning. They used to call it, when it before they perfected it, they called it the rhythm method. And you didn't, mm -hmm. when you ovulate, you didn't get pregnant. But it's so perfect now. It's, there's only really about 48 hours of actual ovulation, right? So they have, just like you have a pregnancy kit, you can get an ovulation kit. And if you don't have sex when you ovulate, and you don't have to have shots or pills or procedures or devices, because all those things can be linked to cancer, breast cancer, cervical cancer, and all that. So there are ways just to, of course, to be responsible. And that's what we're saying, be responsible. And interestingly enough, in the Bible, it says, do not wake up love before it's time. And that's in Song of Solomon. And that's a really clear picture, not only of Christ's relationship with his bride, the church, but that's a clear relationship about intimacy between intimacies between men and women. So it, just think about it. If you don't go somewhere by yourself or watch something on TV with somebody and get all physically aroused, then you're not going to necessarily be concerned about doing anything anyway. So you can think about responsibility. We're not saying don't have sex. God, of course, created and designed and ordained sex, but he made it very clear the best way to do all of that. So people are not educated and, and tend to become irresponsible. That, that is exactly it. And unfortunately, that's what they're teaching in our schools. And that's, that's why I advocate getting your children out of those government indoctrination clinics and actually teach them about life and about responsibility and what can, it means. Can I help you with that one too? Please if do. You get your children out and you can have all these wonderful schools, private schools and church schools, all kinds of schools. However, elect people in the upcoming elections to the school board who are going to ha have the public schools okay too. That's... Elect people who love the Lord to the school boards. Well, we have to ask the right questions. And one of the most important questions that I would be asking our potential school board members is, well, in Florida, where do they sit with the transgender law that uh, oh. went from K through three, which we started at K through six, and I believe should be K through 12. Our children are not getting an education. They have no idea what responsibility is, let alone how to manage their own bodies. And that is so sad when we are giving such misinformation and it leads into horrific decisions. And we well, this, li then live with those horrible decisions. These school board elections are just as important as electing the president of the United States. People don't believe that. But I just want to assure you, listeners, that every election is important, whether it's for a president, a member of Congress, 
whether it's for a governor, whether it's for state legislators, whether it's for county people, commissioners, mayors, school boards, judges, all those kinds of things that we get to vote for. We need to ask, as, as my friend has just said, the right question. And there, there are questions. You can go to the Florida Citizens Alliance website. There are vetting questions there. If you can't find them, please email me. But don't be afraid, folks. These are people that you're putting in office to represent you. And if you don't tell them what you want, how can they represent you? They can't. That's right. It's impossible. That's right. So, uh, Dr. King, you also said you were a member of the feminist movement. I was as well until I realized that my findings led me to believe that the feminist movement was just really in place to emasculate the men. And yes. I, I thought that that was a horrible uh, misinformation that millions of women got suckered into when yes. all it was doing was destroying the family. Did you find well, that? Margaret, Margaret Sanger was an angry woman. And I always would say, I said, who hurt Margaret Sanger? Who caused her to feel like the only answer was to found something that was going to end up in the legal abortion of over 63 million innocent babies, you know? So it's like, but I was duped and so many women were. And when the lights come on, we have to, in, in a certain kind of frame of mind, not hate, give hate back for hate, but give love instead of hate, be kind with our explanations. And as I, I find, the more I do that, the less angry the women that I communicate with are, and we need to include dad back in the family because by pushing him out, he just says, okay, all you want my sperm, I run around and just donate it and keep going. That's not a good thought. That's not what we want dad to do. So these are things that uh, we can do and we must do, especially now since Roe has been overturned. And, uh, and we are glad that that happened because that put us in a great step in the right direction. And it's, uh, with abortion back on the table, state by state, this back to us, they'll see the responsibility. We want to put the responsibility on the government and forget about it. No, now that it's back state by state, we have to ask the right questions. And we have to begin now to uh, elect those people that will understand the importance, the civil rightness, and certainly the spiritual truth of the sanctity of life. Listen, I'm going to have to slip away in just a couple of minutes. Is can you, no, I was just going to ask if you can please tell everyone where they can find you, where your wonderful writings are, and how they can connect with you. The best way to start is Alveda, A-L-V-E-D-A King, K-I-N-G, AlvedaKing.com. And then you'll find connections there to my own ministry, Pro-Life Ministry, Speak for Life. Dot org And you'll find AFPI, America First Policy Institute, where I am the chairman for the Center for the American Dream. And you can find books and music right there at alvedaking.com and more about me. Well, thank you. And thank you for everything that you're doing. And thank you for carrying Dr. King's message to the rest of the world. We need to be reminded of that on a constant basis. Um, the thing that he said that has been embedded in my mind forever since I heard him say that was injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We cannot Absolutely. allow that to happen. And thank Absolutely. you for sharing your story with us. Thank you.
What a wonderful lady, Dr. Alveda King. I wanted to go over what Dr. Martin Luther King said, because I think that sentence is so important. So let me paraphrase. And he said, justice denied one is justice denied all. Now, we are seeing that today. Uh, We are seeing how justice is being doled out to some and not to others. And I'm going to reference the event that just happened very recently. A store manager in New York City was in his shop, uh, in his convenience store. Young man came in and he intended to rob the store and probably kill the gentleman who was the shop manager. And the shop manager, fortunately, uh, fearing for his life, killed the the uh, perpetrator and the store manager was arrested and charged with second degree murder. So here's a case where someone is trying to defend their own life. And we're being told you have no right to defend your life. You have no right in your own self-defense. We're unfortunately, I believe, going to be seeing more and more of this. And it's going to be focused on what's coming over this border. I believe that Governor Abbott has not done his job. There is absolutely no reason why he should not declare a state of emergency and declare an invasion in Texas. And all I believe he's doing is window dressing. His new idea is to have the Texas Rangers pick up the illegals and bring them to the border, to the American border, where he would give them and turn them over to DHS, who will just let them come in the country. So who's fooling who? Abbott is doing a lousy job. And I think it's up to we, the people, to call his office and tell him that because he is allowing this to happen. Bad enough the federal government is allowing it to happen, but he's adding insult to injury by pretending that he's doing something when, in essence, what is he doing? He's giving the same people over to DHS, and they're going to do catch and release. Who needs that? Who needs that at all? So I don't think, like I said, I think he's doing a very lousy job. I think it's up to us to call Governor Abbott's office, and the number is 512-463-2000. That's 512-463-2000. And tell Governor Abbott that this invasion is not limited to Texas. His catch and release program will enable these people to wind up anywhere in the United States of America. And this is an invasion of the United States of America. And I have a theory that I discussed with a military friend of mine. And uh, bear with me for a minute, because this starts back with Obama. I wonder how many of you remember when Obama said that he wanted a military that would answer to him that would be as strong as the American military, but would face the nation, look inward, fight domestic terrorism, not what the military is supposed to do is to protect us overseas. So hold that thought. Now, let's see. I'm thinking when he said that, that was pretty egregious. Okay, but how is he going to accomplish it? 
That's crazy. Well, if we remember, Obama got rid of about a thousand mid-level military officers that were conservative. He threw them out of the military. Just think, not only did he do that, but all of the millions of dollars wasted on their training. Okay, so that was bad enough. Then we have Trump who rebuilt the military, but I don't know if he understood the depth of Obama's replacements and how they lied to him by telling them they had pulled out of Syria, they had pulled out of Iran, excuse me, Iraq, and did none of that. The military lied to the president. Okay, so now we have a military that to me that is more rogue than not. But we still had a lot of great men and women in the military fighting to protect America. What happened to them? Well, 40,000 of the best trained soldiers are being forced to leave the military because they either refuse to take this disgraceful vaccine that will probably kill off a lot of them. So they're smart for not doing that. And many of them are religious and they have an objection to being um, stuck with a needle full of of, uh, baby parts because that's what they were using, the placentas from the babies. Well, now we have a hole in our military because if you listen, they're saying, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Nobody wants to join the service. Uh, We don't have enough numbers. We don't have a strong military. The other day, I was listening to Ben Bertram, who has a show about the border, and he said he made a very interesting observation. Contrary to popular belief, there are not women and children who are coming into the uh, coming across the border. But what is coming across the border are young men of military age. Now let that one sink in. Do you think a Guatemalan would have a problem? And I'm not going to just use Guatemala, anyone coming from any country, coming here, being a part of the American military with the carrot of, if you serve in the military, we'll give you uh, citizenship, would have a problem firing on an American? I don't think they would because they have no allegiance to America. So I think this is a whole big setup. Yes, I think they expect them to vote, but listen to their words and what they are accusing us of. Do you think a foreign military would have a problem walking into a school board meeting and arresting and taking the parents out? I don't think so. And I believe that this is all of what Obama's plan, original plan was, now being carried on by O'Biden, because Obama has not gone anyplace. He's still there. His people are there. The Obama administration is running this government, and look at what they are doing to us. So not only will these illegals that are coming in tap into our precious resources that are becoming scarcer and scarcer, such as oil and food, They will now be given to these invaders so that maybe they will vote or maybe they will join the military or maybe they will do something else at the the government's bidding. Who knows? But I think that this is a 
very, very serious treasonous act by the administration. And my first question to anybody running for federal office would be, will you impeach the administration and the attorney general and the head of of DHS? Remember also what Obama did with the refugees. Instead of bringing them in as illegals, he let thousands come in as refugees. And one of the groups was 80,000 Somalis that landed in Minnesota and changed the dynamics of Minnesota forever. The only good news was at the last music uh, conference that the Somalis had, Ilhan Omar was booed off the stage because remember, right, that is how we got Ilhan Omar because he imported 80,000 Somalis and dumped them in Minnesota. And that, yes, that is exactly correct. That is exactly what they did. The problem that I see is that these people are coming from communist countries. And once I believe they really understand what's going on in America, they're not siding with the Democrats. And we saw that at a music festival a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, where they actually, the Somali, this was a Somali music festival in Minnesota, and the Somalis booed Ilhan Omar off the stage. That was wonderful. And that should be an indication. Also, look at our Hispanic Americans. They're not into abortion and open borders and high gas prices. They're not into that. And they are now becoming Americans. And I'm using that word rather than conservatives, because I don't think uh, The rhinos are trying to take over the word conservatism. So I would say these people are becoming true Americans and fighting for America first. That is why it is so important that we pay attention to our schools, because they are bringing now we may be able to get rid of many of them. But let's face it, folks, many of them are going to stay here. But if we taught them what America was about, what the free market was, how business works, how they can own their own things in America, which they could never own in their own country, they're not going to be so willing to give it up. And this is probably one of the reasons why uh, Biden keeps on sending back the people from Cuba and the people from Haiti. They come here in boats, they come here swimming, they come here in horrible weather conditions, and he sends them back. But yet he keeps the southern border open so that the people that are the terrorists and hate America come flowing in. But the people who would love America and love the way America is run, should be run, those are the ones he sends back. Because these Globalists only have lies, and they have nothing else of good to tell at all. And the only other thing I wanted to remind everyone is that the globalists are not just in the Democrat Party. 
They are in both these. It is so important that you know the candidate that you are voting for. Don't be fooled and vote for another rhino. Well, I certainly hope I haven't exploded your head with my theories, but I can't get them out of my head, so I have to share. I truly believe that this is Obama's third term. And he is a bigot, a race baiter, a race hater. Uh, It is so sad. He could have been the greatest president, especially being the first black president. He could have done amazing things to help America and to help patch all of the divides. But he didn't. He made the chasms worse. And I can never forgive him for that. So I am going to run my theory by our next guest. Uh, Don't go away. I'll be right back. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education, and I am brought to you live on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Be right back. All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, the Alliance has been doing so many amazing things in the state of Florida. And as I told you before, one of the things that we did is we went to Tallahassee and we all spoke in front of the Agency for Healthcare Administration. Uh, This is a bureau that will make a decision on Governor DeSantis's policy of which he wants Medicaid not to pay for transgender surgery in children or transgender meds or anything like that. And I was so pleased. It was wonderful to see that there were so many people that were speaking out against this travesty of mutilating children's bodies when they can't make a decision as to what clothes to wear. So we have to be very vigilant about what's going on in our schools and make sure that we get the right people elected to office. And I am really happy to be able to say that Florida 
definitely will have the right person in District 1 because Mike Hill has agreed to run for office again. And folks, I can't tell you enough about Mike except to tell you that if honesty was ever connected to a politician, it would have to be with Mike's name. I first met Mike a long time ago, and the thing that impressed me the most is that when he couldn't do something, he said, Karen, I can't do that. Karen, I can do that. And then we knew what direction we were looking at. There was no flip-flopping back and forth. Mike was very strong in his convictions. And I'm so happy to have you on the show, Mike. It is wonderful. What made you decide to get back in that uh, lion's den or snake pit. (laughs) I don't know what to call it. It's really almost as bad in Tallahassee as it is in DC. Well, it is Karen. And thank you so much for having me on your show today. And I'll tell you, um, as you stated, I was previously in office. Then in 2020, the Pensacola establishment primaried me and I lost a close race. And since that time in 2020, I was constantly being asked, Mike, are you going to run for office again? Will you run for office? And Karen, my response was always the same. It depends. If I get that assignment from God, I will. If I don't, then I won't. And it was just that simple. But just recently, I was at a conference in McLean, Virginia. It was the last week in May of this year. And while I was at that conference, I'm sitting in the audience, and one of the members of a panel that was up on the stage said, if God has given you the tools and the abilities, and there's a task that has been placed before you, you must accept it. And I knew right then, Karen, that was my assignment. I said, that's it. We see what the left and rhinos are doing to this country. And I could no longer sit on the sidelines and watch them just do that. I had to get back in the fray. And as you call it, very aptly, going into that lion's den, going into that viper's nest, <laughs> said, I have to go back and fight for Florida, fight for this great country. So that's why I decided to get back in. I knew right away what some of my tasks are. Uh, One, we have to fight Biden inflation. Um, We have to make Florida an abortion abolist state. We have to protect our children in schools, um, not only physically, but as you did so aptly just uh, last week with the uh, Florida uh, Council Secure Florida Alliance of Citizens um, to protect our children, uh, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually from what they're trying to teach them in schools. We have to lower fees and taxes in Florida. They're just too high, uh, Karen. And here is a perfect example of that. I read just yesterday in an article that Florida for this fiscal year has a $21 billion surplus. It was unexpected, but there's a surplus. And not only that, the governor was sent to his desk a budget of 112 billion. And he vetoed three and a half billion of that. He said it was excessive and too much, which I applaud him for. That was great. But even just recently, 
we've had uh, a special session to deal with the property insurance market in Florida, and they were able to allocate $2 billion for the insurance industry in order for them to buy reinsurance. So we're talking $5.5 billion just right there that was either given away or cut, and then a surplus still being uh, uh, realized of $21 billion. That means taxes and fees are too high, uh, Karen. We need to get them down. And, and then finally, I'll say this. We have to, no, not finally. We have to fight for election integrity. We do have a problem in Florida. It's not near as bad as in some of the other states, but we still need to clean up uh, and make sure that our elections are secure. That is so important, Mike. And I want to tell our audience, I signed up to be a poll worker. And I did that after listening to Dan Schultz and listening to what's going on with election integrity and thinking to myself, I'm one person, what can I do? And so I signed up to be a poll worker because I felt that if there's going to be cheating, it's going to be at the polls. And if there's going to be cheating, we need to have enough people to man the polls and make sure that we don't turn everything over to the opposition, which is what happens too often because people say, I voted, I did my job. Your job does not begin and end with that vote. Your job begins and ends with the candidates that you choose. And if we That's don't right. choose the right candidates, who cares what the voting is? It won't make any difference. So we have to be very careful about uh, voting and who we are electing and who we want to understand to represent us. And again, I will say this again and again and again, if you don't get in favor of your candidate, if you are not in tune with that person, then how can they represent you if you have if they have no idea what you want? So this is a give and take in America. We don't go to sleep after we vote and then expect everybody else is going to do the job for us. We want to be with our candidates. We want to help them because, Mike, as wonderful as you are, and you certainly are, and District 1 will be very greatly served, you don't know everything. And you rely on other people in the community to tell you what's going on. Otherwise, how would you know? So, Mike, as a candidate, as a representative, is it important for your constituents to be in touch with you? Oh, absolutely. And I know, Karen, we talked about that on one of your previous shows. And when is the best time to contact your representative? And the best time is when they are not in session because then you can have time with them a half hour or more. If you try to talk with them when they're in session, you might get five minutes at the most in their office. So now is the time to reach out. And because um, everyone who's a uh, state representative or even congressional rep representative is running for office again this year, it's an even year, so they're all running for office. Now is the time to contact them to see where they stand on issues, how they will be able to be effective for um, your district, for your constituents, and to make sure that you nail them down on what they are doing. Because so many politicians right now will just promise you anything just to get elected. When you don't want to hear false promises, what you want to hear is concrete action that they are willing to take. 
Yes, and look at their history, look at what they have done before, but also recognize that things evolve, things change. And sometimes candidates recognize, oh my goodness, I believed in abortion when I believed that, but now I understand it's a baby, so I don't believe in abortion. That's okay, because they have come to the good conclusion after reviewing the facts. We have to understand that just like us, the candidates have been lied to as well. So therefore, it's up to us to make sure that the truth is told. Mike, before we go any further, please tell everyone where they can find you and how they can donate to help you, because helping Mike Hill get in office helps the entire state of Florida. Even though Mike represents District 1, when it comes to a vote, nobody says, okay, District 1, how are you voting? It doesn't work that way. You vote for the best policy for the entire state. So we want the right people from every district to be there. Where can they find you, Mike? Thank you, Karen. Yes, I can be reached at MikeHillForFlorida.com. So MikeHillForFlorida.com. And when you go there, you can see uh, where I stand on various issues. And you can also contribute to the campaign which would be greatly appreciated and much needed. Okay, remember folks, Mike is up against, just like everyone else, a big rhino class. And we cannot allow that to happen. So this is up to us. We are the ones in control of our vote and voting for the right person is so important. So whether or not you are in Florida, if you have a friend or anyone in District 1, please tell them, vote for Mike Hill. It is of utmost importance that we get good, honest people in our state house so that they can carry our message. Mike, I wanted to talk to you for a minute. You were a veteran. You were in the military. You were in the Air Force. Something has been bothering me for the longest time, and I wanted to share that with you and see if I'm on the right track. I remember a while ago, Obama said that he wanted an army like our military, but would answer to him. I remember that statement because it was so egregious to that the army is supposed to take care of and protect the people. So when he made that statement, I'm thinking to myself, how is he going to do that? Well, lo and behold, COVID gave him a nice, gave them a nice out because I do believe that Obama is pulling Biden's strings. And this gave them a nice out. And now they are purging the army, purging the military of all of the people who have been not vaccinated. So we have spent millions of dollars on training them. And now that money is in the toilet. And they are purging the people of Christians, anyone who has a, an issue with transgenderism in the military that is insane, or any of the other uh, woke programs that they are forcing upon our military. And now all of a sudden they're saying, oh my goodness, we don't have enough recruits. Well, the other day I was listening to Ben Bertram on his show, and he made a statement which kind of, I thought, brought everything together, which was the people coming over the border and who are coming into America illegally are not mothers and children. They are young men of military age, 
Mike, do you think they're going to fill our military with these people and then say, if you join the military, we'll give you a path to citizenship? Absolutely, Karen. And I think you hit the nail right on the head. And this is why. During the Obama administration, there was a great purge of senior military officers. And uh, at that time, I thought it was because they were conservative, which they were but they were also Christians. Conservatism and Christianity often go together. So there's this great purge of senior military leadership that took place in our military during the Obama administration. Then when Trump came on board, um, he basically said, okay, we're gonna take uh, the political reins away from the military, let them do their job, which they did. They, they stamped out ISIS, was doing a fabulous job in Afghanistan. However, he was still being hindered, President Trump was, because the conservative leadership had been purged and all those with more leftist, leftist ideas were left in there. So now we're seeing that uh, when they stole the election from President Trump and installed this Biden regime, we see more of what their plan is. And you're absolutely right, uh, uh, Karen. What we see is this invasion coming across the border, primarily of young men of fighting age who are coming in. And then at the same time with our current military. So here, were, here are tens of thousands of military men who are being discharged from our military, fighting men who want to stay there, I'll, I'll add, and women too. But when you look at the ones who they are discharging, these are the ones who refuse to take the vaccine. And the vast majority of those is because of their Christian conscience. They do not want to take these vaccines because they were either tested with or contain um, aborted fetal tissue. So they don't want to take it. So what they're doing is they are getting rid of the Christians in the military, those who don't want to take the vaccine. And then just recently, Karen, we saw where the Biden administration has dropped the requirements for entering the military. It used to be you had to have a high school diploma or a GED. Now they're saying you don't have to have either. So those are the people who are coming across the border. This is planned. This is strategic, and we as Americans must step up and put a stop to this. And when I get elected in office, you can bet one of the first things I'm going to do is call out this invasion we're seeing at our border and how it needs to stop. Not just because in Texas, Arizona, and those border states, because it affects our entire nation. And we also have uh, illegal immigrants coming into Florida. Biden is sending these illegal immigrants all throughout the nation. It is a planned and strategic attack on America. And I believe it's an impeachable offense of, uh, of Joe Biden. I agree with you. I believe that that is an impeachable offense as well. Just add it to the rest of his impeachable offenses. And this uh, regime for lack of a better word, folks, remember they are in both p 
parties. You cannot vote a party. You have to vote a person. Look at the people, not just because they have an R in front of or behind their name. That has nothing to do with it because they, the globalists are in both parties. I can't impress that enough. That is the most important thing that we have to remember. And they lie, and we know they lie, and we cannot buy into those lies. We have to remain the warriors of the truth, and then work with people like Mike to get in our state houses, because the Tenth Amendment, I believe, Mike, will be more important than ever, because we do have the ability to say no to the federal programs as a state who should be in charge. What do you think, Mike? You're absolutely right, Karen. The Tenth Amendment is very clear when it states that the power belongs to the states and to the people. That's how it was originally established. We are a union of states that have given some enumerated powers to a federal government but the rest of it relies on us. The powers that are not given to the federal government, which are limited and enumerated, belong to the states and to the people. So for example, when they recently voted and Biden signed into law to expand these red flag laws throughout our nation, these, a federal red flag law, which would allow someone to have their Second Amendment rights stripped from them just based on an accusation. And then you have to hire someone to get your weapons and your ammunition back. It turns our Constitution on its head. We are innocent until proven guilty. But the red flag law says that you are guilty, now prove your innocence. And as you stated earlier, there were Republicans in the Senate, 14 of them who voted for that. So we as states must stand against it. And Karen, we already have red flag laws in Florida. It was put there by Republicans, a Republican House and Republican Senate, and signed by, at that time, Governor Rick Scott, which happened shortly after the Parkland shooting. When I was previously in office, I ran legislation to repeal those unconstitutional red flag laws. And Republicans in the House and in the Senate leadership would not even give it a committee hearing. But I can assure you, Karen, when I get elected again, I'm going to take up that battle again to remove that. And the reason I would have to, Karen, is because of my oath of office. I said a solemn oath that I would protect and defend our constitution. And I take that oath very seriously. So when I see that that constitution is being uh, violated, when I see our first amendment, second amendment, fourth and 14th amendment all being uh, infringed upon and challenged by these red flag laws, I'm compelled by my oath of office to fight against it. Yes. And folks, we have to understand that red flag laws are a knee jerk reaction to whatever crisis begins and aims at the people, not at the actual problem. The problem in Parkland was not the gun. The gun didn't get up and shoot anybody. The problem in Parkland was the people that ignored the young man who was in trouble and screamed out, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble, and they ignored him. 
And then when you take away everything that a person has, their responsibility, their destiny, what they want to be in life, their goals, and you tell them, you have to act that way, and you have to follow this, and you can't think on your own. What happens to these people? They feel that they have no mark in life. They have no way to show who they are and leave their impression. So they go out and they do something outlandish so that they can get their, quote, name in the news, get their name on Instagram or other some other stupid social media program just so that they can get known. When imagine if we channel that energy into something that was good, imagine the things that might be invented, might be created, might be done to help humanity. We have no idea what that child was capable of because we never opened that door for that child. And I truly believe that if we tested the kids that have created these horrific uh, scenes of death and destruction, if we tested them and asked them to read something, they wouldn't be able to read because these are the what is happening in our schools today. And Mike, that's a travesty also, uh, especially when we have young kids who are subject to transgender training on a program that is absolutely impossible. Folks, you cannot get up in the morning and say, I think I'll be a boy if I'm a girl, or I think I'll be a girl if I'm a boy. When you were created, you got two chromosomes, either an XX for a male or an XY for a female. And you cannot change those chromosomes no matter what you cut off. It doesn't make any difference. It can't. In any event, folks, we have to make sure that our children learn the correct information, that they are not drugged up on some insane program that will do nothing other than read, this, read the ingredients, read what the effects of these drugs can do. Many of them even say uh, could promote suicidal thoughts, could promote hostility. Why would we want to give our children drugs like this? Why would we want to do that to our babies? Because we're not being taught the right information of who these people are, and that everyone, no matter how young, no matter how old, should all be, as Mike said, protected by our wonderful constitution. So Mike, before we get to go, please tell everyone what they can do, what they can do to help you, how they can help you in your campaign, and what we can do to help you get elected in District 1. Thank you, Karen. Well, the first thing you could do, which I covet and greatly appreciate, is to pray. Pray for my campaign and pray for my victory. Be very specific. Lord, please, Allow my kill to win this race. Don't say, let your will be done, whatever it is, Lord, if he wins or not, just say, no, be specific. Please let my kill win this race. Secondly, they can go to mykillforflorida.com, learn more about me. You'll see my contact information there where if you want to call me or get in touch with me, I will certainly respond. And make a financial contribution. As you know, Karen, you can't run a campaign unless you have the finances to get it done. I have uh, dozens right now. I, I would say there's at least 
close to 30 people who have volunteered to help on this campaign and they're being fabulous. And that is so needed. However, you still have to need uh, campaign contributions to get your word out, to send out mailers, to get out yard signs. So any amount that you can contribute would be greatly appreciated. If you go to MikeKillForFlorida.com and click on that donate button, um, any amount is greatly appreciated. The maximum is a thousand, but I will get elected in this campaign. I will be God's servant in Tallahassee and I will be the people's servant leader. Well, we, that is one thing that is sorely needed in Florida. We need leaders, not followers. We need people who can say, I will protect, I will make sure, I will check out, uh, I will follow through. And this is what we don't have. We have a group of leaders who are afraid. They are kowtowing to organizations like the um, Chamber of Commerce. And they do the bidding of the people who elect them, who give them money. We cannot have that. Now, up in the panhandle where Mike is, is a unique situation because the panhandle is notoriously conservative. But where is the movement happening in Florida? It's happening on the peninsula. So we have to make sure that every single one of us votes and votes in the primary as well. Many elections, I don't think people realize many local elections are decided in the primary race. Councilmen, uh, commissioners, school board members may be elected in the primary. So the primary is of equal importance. And although I never tell anyone what to do, if you wanna save America and bring America first, it is your job, it is your duty to make sure that if you are an NPA, that is no party affiliate, that you become a party affiliate so that you can vote in the primary because Florida is a closed state. And that means that as a Republican, registered Republican, I can only vote in the Republican primary. As a registered Democrat, I would only be able to vote in the Democrat primary. Now, Florida has just become a totally red state, which is a wonderful thing, but it's not going to stay there without the help of we the people. So it is so important if you live in District 1 and can volunteer and help Mike, please do so. If you don't live in District 1, as Mike said, any amount, any donation, any size is helpful because I know that Mike does not want to take money from big conglomerates that will dictate to him or try to dictate to him how he should behave, how he should act and what he should vote for. So Mike, I want to thank you for putting your hat in this ring of venomous creatures, because I don't know what else to call them, and say on behalf of the people of Florida, we appreciate everything that you have done, everything that you are doing, and we wish you a very, very, very successful campaign leading to the election of Mike Hill as representative for District 1. Thank you for joining me today, Mike. It has been a pleasure as always, and people go to Mike's website. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. Okay.
This is Karen Schoen, and you have been listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Please go to the Alliance website. You can find incredible information that you will be able to use for yourself and in your state. See you all again next week, folks. Have a wonderful day. America is America.